He is risen. He is risen indeed. Aren't you glad? Now they said, the Lord is risen indeed. But they were still a little afraid and uh, a little unsure. And if you have a Bible, please turn to Luke 24. We'll be looking there in, in uh, a minute. But I, I want to walk back. that the, the, the Sunday morning after the crucifixion, what was going on? Well, the disciples were still afraid. They were unsure. They didn't know for sure what had happened. They were discouraged. They were despondent. Some women, different uh, gospels tell the story a little bit differently, uh, giving a little more detail and or a little less detail, depending. But Mary Magdalene, or Magdalena, as they would have said, Salome, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the Bible says some other women, we don't know their names, they walked to the tomb and they anointed the body of Jesus with their spices. Now, their, their grief was overwhelming as they walked to the tomb. Uh, they, they worried who would roll the stone away because uh, they rolled tombs with a big, heavy stone. And who would roll the stone away, they wondered, as they walked in sorrow, in the dark, just before the dawn. Some of the disciples got together. Some of them were not there that day. Some were there and then left. Some uh, never showed up. They didn't know what to do. Their hopes were dashed. Their dreams destroyed. I like to watch sports. I hate to watch the team lose. <laughs> I wish both teams could win. Unless, you know, it's, you know, Notre Dame playing BYU, then I wish both teams could lose. But um, it, it, I, I, I hate to see them lose. And uh, I worked in my dad's campaign once before I uh, got into ministry when I was just going to the university and after I got out of the ring, my dad was running for state office and he became a state legislature, legislator and, and he won. And we had this victory celebration. And then the next day at school, one of my friends who was working at a campaign for a guy who lost and he was just dragging, dragging. Because his candidate was the favorite and he lost. And my dad was the dark horse and he won. We know what it's like. Some of you have stood at the grave of one you love. You know what they felt. And their hopes were dashed, their dreams destroyed, but they started hearing stories. Uh, the women came back from the tomb, and what did they say? That, that the angel told them, that he had risen from the dead. And so the women said this, and most of the guys were like, yeah, right. They, they didn't go for it. They weren't sure. And then Peter and John ran to the tomb. Luke only mentions Peter. The Gospel of John mentions that John also went, John happens to point out too that he beat Peter to the tomb. You know? We both went, but I got there first. Just like a guy, right? 
And, and so they, then Peter and John come back and they said, you know, he, he had his napkin folded that way. This is unusual. They're still trying to figure it out. And while they're gathered together like we're gathered together here, uh, and they're waiting and, and they're listening, and then Cleopas and another disciple, how do you like to be that guy? You know, there were the other women, and there's this other guy. Cleopas and his friend, they both talked to Jesus, they both sat with Jesus, they walked along with Jesus, and, but only Cleopas gets mentioned in the Scripture. And he says, we're sure Jesus was alive. He sat with us, and, he, and so there's this murmuring. There's the rumbling around as the disciples are gathered together, and there's a little noise over here. The, the ladies told us this, and, and then, then Peter and John told us this, and now Cleopas has told us that, and, and now guess what's going on? What's next? And all of a sudden, Jesus stood in their midst. Now, I had a brilliant idea for today's service. We're going to have a bunch of people milling around up here, you know, talking about, did he rise? Did he rise? You know, and then Benjamin would leap out of the baptistry. On a... And my wife said, no. Not a good idea, and Benjamin will thank me for this. So I mentioned it to, to Jeff Jorgensen, and Jeff said, well, pastor, you're the idea guy, but it doesn't mean every idea is a good idea. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been cool? Joel would have loved it, you know? <laughs> Jesus just showed up. And, you know, it wasn't like this rumble of thunder and kaboom, there he was. Jesus didn't stand in their midst and say, Shazam! He just showed up. There was no thunderbolt. There was no music from the background. Jesus, they're in their midst. And he says something to calm them down a little. Peace be to you. And that really helped, right? No, they were terrified. Even the ones who they, they said, He is risen indeed. Oh, there he is. It scared them to death. They weren't sure what was going on. <laughs> They couldn't believe it had really happened. They had seen Jesus raise the dead, right? They, he had raised the widow's son. He had raised Lazarus. They had seen that. But they didn't realize he could raise himself from the dead. And he did. And Jesus then gave them an assignment that he wants us to continue today. Hopefully you have a Bible with you. Luke chapter 24. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, probably still dark before the sunrise, they and certain other women uh, came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. Um, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of Jesus and it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, angels. And they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth and said to them, the angel said then, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee saying, 
the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered His words. When they woke up that morning, they weren't remembering His words. When you woke up this morning, what did you think? Probably one of the first thoughts was, He is risen indeed! Or, it's Easter, it's Resurrection Day! Unless you're a kid, then you're thinking about candy, maybe. But you, they didn't wake up that day thinking, this is going to be the best day of my life! They didn't think that. They thought, we're going to go anoint his body. They thought he was still dead. Now they remembered his words. And they returned from the tomb and told all these to the eleven and to all the rest. Remember it was twelve? The twelve. Now it's the eleven. Because Judas had betrayed Christ. Committed suicide. And scripture says went to hell. Not because of the suicide. But for rejecting Jesus Christ. So now in verse uh, 10. It was Mary Magdalene. Magdalena. Joanna. Mary the mother of James. And the other women. In another passage, it mentions Salome by name. And uh, so their words seemed to them like idle tales. They, they couldn't really believe it, couldn't quite understand it. They did not believe them. But Peter arose, and John mentions that John went with him, and they both ran to the tomb, and John happens to mention he ran faster. I love that. <laughs> we ran there, but I ran a little faster. So Peter ran, and he stooped down, he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. In verse 13, Behold, two of them were traveling that day to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things that had happened. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near them and went with them. So they're walking along about a seven-mile walk, and they're not in a fast exercise pace, you know. They don't have their iPod and, and stepping it out. They're just, just strolling. So this is a several-hour walk. And while they're walking, they're talking and they're discussing and, and they're evaluating the circumstances of these things that had happened. Verse 15, So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this, that you have one with another as you walk and are sad? Then one of the men, uh, I'm sorry, then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I'm pretty sure Jesus knew exactly what things, but he wanted to hear it from them. And they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. Now, if you were here Friday night, we had our um, Good Friday service, and in that service we... Uh, talked about the crucifixion, and we also observed the Lord's Supper. And while we were talking about the crucifixion, we pointed out something that it was a miracle that Jesus died. Because he wasn't just man, he was God. 
He willed himself. He said, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. He laid down his life for us. So when Luke says they crucified him, yes, they put him on the cross, but they could not make him die. Jesus gave up his life for us. Verse 21. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. They had the two themes of the of the uh, Messiah, the suffering servant and the conquering king. And they were hoping he was the conquering king. Remember they said, hey, is this the time you're going to restore Israel? Is now the time? No, it wasn't. Still not yet, to, but it will be someday. And then... They said, uh, now this is the third day since these things happened. And certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women said. But him they did not see. So they're walking along and they're talking through this and Jesus shows up and now they're uh, talking about it with Jesus as they're going along and they're saying, hey, this crazy stuff has been going on. The one we thought was the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior of the world. He died. We thought he was going to conquer, but they put him to death. And now people are saying, he's alive. So Jesus said to them, in a very polite voice. Oh foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things. And to enter into his glory. Well that's right in your face isn't it. And then beginning at Moses. And all the prophets. He expounded to them. In all the scriptures. The things concerning himself. There's more than 61 prophecies about the Messiah that Jesus Christ fulfilled in detail. Exactly. Repeatedly in his life it said, this was done that it might be fulfilled. This was done that it might be fulfilled. He said this that it might be fulfilled. Because he came to fulfill all the scripture. And then, verse 28. They drew near the village where they were going. Uh, and he indicated that he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. They had been uh, in Jerusalem with the apostles when the women came back from the tomb, and now they'd gone on this journey uh, through the middle of the afternoon. It's probably not yet evening time or supper time, as we would call it, uh, but it's getting close. So they don't want a journey. It was a really bad idea to travel in the dark out there unless, excuse me, unless you had an, an entourage or you were Jesus. <laughs> Nothing was fearful for him. So they talked to him and, and he decided to stay for a bit. Verse 30, it came to pass. He sat at the table with them. He took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. He was there, and he was gone. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Now, there is a so-called church of Jesus Christ, and it says what you need to do is pray for a burning in your chest. 
This is not saying every disciple felt this. This is saying those guys felt it. There was a resonance to his message and they, they now understood and they now got a hold of it and they now could appreciate it. And then verse 33 they, were, they had gone. They were ready to spend the night. But instead, they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. They probably made it back quite a bit faster than they went away. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Simon Peter had had a private conversation with the Lord. And now these guys gather. And verse 35, They told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, some folks get really distressed when, like, Mary Magdalene did not recognize Jesus at first, and these guys didn't recognize him at first. But you have to remember what Jesus suffered on the cross. He took all the sins of all people of all time, all on himself, all at once. And when we go through a great grief, things change. I've known of people who've uh, gone from dark hair to white hair almost overnight because of a horrific thing they went through in their life. Jesus was probably a dark-haired Jewish man. But his description in Revelation said he has white hair. So the disciples probably didn't recognize him. Plus he had been beaten and battered. They didn't fully recognize him. He was changed, and for all eternity, his body will bear the marks of our salvation, paying the penalty for our sins. So, verse 36, Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, what? They were terrified. And frightened, and suppose they had seen a spirit. Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your heart? I'm here. And then he says, Behold my hands and feet. It is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. He showed them the crucifixion marks in his hands. And in his feet. And then he said, verse 41, some of them still didn't believe for joy. They were just overwhelmed and they were marveling. And so he said to them, have you any food here? I love this. One of the signs of the resurrection is to eat. Every time you eat, you're celebrating the resurrection. Just remember that. He gave them a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. Not the most appetizing thing to me. And he took it and he ate in their presence. Now, he said something to them that resonates to us today. Verse 44. These are the words which I spoke to you when I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. So beginning in Genesis, the seed of the woman, going all the way through every prophecy in the Old Testament, it was all pointing to the Messiah that would come. And now the New Testament points back to the Messiah who came, because he came and gave his life for us. In verse 45, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. 
Now they could see. Now they could put it together. Now it made sense. And he said to them in verse 46, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary. It behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Now, I want you to think about three things about the resurrection. First is the evidence. The evidence. Well, what's the, the first part of the evidence is eyewitness testimony. We have eyewitness testimony. How much eyewitness testimony? Well, he had a one-on-one conversation with Mary Magdalene, not mentioned here. He had a one-on-one conversation with Peter sometime in there. We don't know exactly when. He had a one-on-one conversation with his brother James. He met with the, the 11 disciples, the apostles. He met with them here and he met with them a week later. He met with more than 500 people at one time when they gathered together in Galilee. Imagine you're in a court of law today. You're in court today, and they call to the witness stand. Witness number one, who identifies that person. And then witness number two, and witness number three, and witness number four, and witness number 498, and witness number 499, and witness number 500. And it just keeps going because there were more than 500. And everyone says the same thing. What do you think the court's going to decide? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Jesus didn't just come back as a spirit. He rose from the dead. The Christ spirit did not move from Jesus to someone else. Jesus is the Christ. Angels talked with Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, Joanna, and other women. He had a personal conversation with Mary, Magdalene, and Peter. He had a conversation on the road with Cleopas and his unnamed companion. He met with his half-brother James. Acts 9 says he was seen by the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 15 says more than 500 people saw him all at the same time. That's pretty good eyewitness testimony, don't you think? Secondly, physical evidence. You go to a court of law today. And they examine things based on eyewitness testimony and physical evidence. And the combination of the testimony and the evidence is how the court rules, how the law proceeds. Well, there was physical evidence. Mary Magdalene recognized his voice. John noticed the way the facial napkin was folded and set aside. Uh, Cleopas noticed the way he broke bread. They could see his body. And touch him. They watched him eat and swallow. There was the physical evidence of the resurrection. It would stand up in court. What's most important is not if it could stand up in a court of law, but what you believe in your life. There's a lot of would-be saviors out there. There's a lot of wannabe prophets out there. Years ago, I worked in a business environment for a very short time. It was really strange. Kathy, well, I was started to Bible school. She started a little after I did. 
Um, and I started, and uh, there was a lady, I got this job, and it seemed like a great job that would work around my school schedule and everything. And I had the job for seven weeks, and then they laid off people. I was the last one hired, first one let go. But in those seven weeks, uh, there was a, a lady uh, who was a, a Buddhist, and they rearranged my work schedule and her work schedule, and ended up we worked together at the same time. I had lunch together at the same time. She worked in a different department I did, but it was a, a big lunch area. And so we ended up sitting there talking, and she was talking about her faith, and I was talking about my faith. And we talked about some of the things that are similar, like you're supposed to be kind to other people, show respect for humanity, and that sort of thing. Uh, but I said, you know, there's a big, 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 huge difference between Christianity and Buddhism. She said, really? And I said, yeah. Jesus rose from the dead. And Buddha didn't. And Jesus is alive today and interceding for us with the Father. Well, she ended up coming to our church. She got saved. She got baptized. I got fired. (laughs) But we rejoiced because I think God put me there just for her. And then he gave me a different job. And, but, but the evidence of Christ, he truly rose from the dead. We don't celebrate uh, the death of Jesus. We celebrate the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and rule of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the fulfillment. The fulfillment. We have, first of all, the fulfillment of prophecy. There were prophecies of the seed of the woman, Jesus was virgin born. Prophecies of what the Messiah would do. Remember when John the Baptist sent some guys to Jesus and said, you know, are you the only one coming or is there another one like you who's also going to come? And Jesus pointed back to Isaiah and back to uh, the minor prophets and listed a bunch of things that the Messiah would do. Jesus did every single one of them. The only thing he hasn't done is conquer and rule. And that will happen. But all the other prophecies, he fulfilled all of them in detail. Some of the prophecies even seem contradictory. He would be a Nazarene. He would be born in Bethlehem. He would come out of Egypt. How could that happen? Which one's he going to be? Well, Jesus fulfilled all of them. He was born from a family from Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem, and his family fled to Egypt before coming back and settling in Nazareth again. Jesus fulfilled all of those things and all of those prophecies. So we we have the fulfillment of that, but we also have the fulfillment of his ministry. His ministry, because He said, I came to give my life a ransom for many. And one of the prophecies that he fulfilled was Isaiah 53, which talked about his death and his burial and the inheritance he received after burial because he rose again. And so Jesus fulfilled his ministry, his mission. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. 
So if you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, to fulfill His mission in your life, you have to ask Him to forgive your sins and be your Savior. That's what Jesus wants. That's why Jesus came. That's why He gave His life. Look in verse 44. Jesus said, All of these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Fulfillment of the prophecies. Look in verse 46. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day. That's the fulfillment of his mission. The third thing is the response. The response. He says in verse 47, that repentance and remission of sins. To repent is, uh, it means a change of direction. It's like you're going this way and oh, oh, that's not where I wanted to go. I wanted to go this way. A change of direction. But it's not just a physical change of direction. It's also a change of heart. Where you recognize your sin is sin. And you agree with the Lord that it's sin. And you turn away from that sin. To repent is to turn away from that. Not just, oh yes, I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven when I die. But I don't want my life to change now. No, it's I accept Jesus as Savior. And I understand I need to submit to Him. That repentance is turning from to You turn from whatever it was you were and were doing to follow the Lord and receive Him as your Savior. There should be involved in repentance sorrow over former thoughts and behaviors and a desire to not repeat them. You're not going to be perfect, but you're going to keep correcting yourself back to following the Lord. You don't need to get saved over again but you need to restore the fellowship regularly. The first part is repent. The second part is proclaim. Jesus said, and that uh, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. What is preaching? Well, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm glad you caught on. But listen, this is not the only preaching. What he said is, it needs to be proclaimed. And that word means it's not just whispered. It's loud and public. Okay. So, please, if you go out to dinner today, don't go into the restaurant and walk through the restaurant and say, Jesus died for your sins, repent and be saved. Jesus died for your sins, repent and be saved. They'll probably ask you to leave. Or pay the bill for everyone else there. Or both. But listen, you need to speak up for Jesus. We live in a culture that pollutes the Scripture. We live in a culture that says, if you love Jesus and love people, that's all you need to do. Did you know the demons believed on Jesus? They called Him Lord? And yet they will punish, be punished in hell forever? The lake of fire? 
because they did not believe on Him and repent. Some of you know who Jesus is. You've heard His name. You've heard the stories. But you haven't received Him. And some of you have received Him. You're not talking about Him. You don't want to offend your friends. You know, it gets awkward sometimes. I know it does. I have friends who have other faiths they believe and and they don't really follow Jesus Christ. And so they bring up something. You know, it's all about family, right? Yes, it is. But it's actually all about being part of God's family when you receive Christ. And I, I understand sometimes it's awkward. But we got to remember, this is why he came. Jesus said, if you have a red letter edition of, of your Bible or on your screen, and it shows the words of Jesus in red, Jesus said, repentance and remission of sin must be preached, must be proclaimed in my name. We have that obligation, not just me, we do, to share it with people. And sometimes it's really fun. Uh, Kathy had a really cool opportunity to go through the entire plan of salvation at a medical procedure because the guy had to take a while booting it and he mentioned something to her and she responded back with what the scripture says and he was intrigued and he's still setting things up and, and she's just going through the whole plan of salvation. She quoted through the whole Bible while she was, not really, but... Uh, that was a couple years ago. You don't have opportunities like that every day. But when you do, speak up for Christ. Proclaim. And then witnessing. Now, normally we think, well, witnessing is the proclaiming, right? Now, witnessing is giving the evidence. If you're in court, what do they call a witness to do? A witness comes to explain the physical evidence or to give the eyewitness testimony or to give the historical evidence. That's what witnesses do. And so as a witness, you are called to give the evidence of it. When people talk to you, well, you know, Jesus can't really be the Messiah. I, I got to tell you, I had a Jewish friend and I was sharing the plan of salvation with him. And I said, you've got to see how Jesus' life fulfilled all those prophecies. He said, well, yeah, that's just because you people wrote it that way. So it would look like Jesus was the Messiah. No, that's actually what happened. That was eyewitness testimony being recorded. Share the evidence. Share two things. Share what the scriptures said. Look at, this is what happened with the disciples this day. They had what the scripture said. Jesus walked them through that. And then what else did they share with each other? They shared their personal testimony. I saw him here. I saw him there. I heard an angel speak. I had a conversation with him. There he is. They, they shared their personal testimony. So share how Christ has changed your life. I used to be a chaplain. I'd ride along with officers. And one of the things I would tell them when I got in their uh, car was, I'd really love to tell you how Jesus Christ changed my life. Some of them didn't want to hear it. But speak up and try. Because Jesus said, not only do we need to 
celebrate the resurrection. Not only do we need to worship him, but repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Share your personal life transformation. Share your life values. Now, you may be here today and you have not trusted Christ as Savior. I challenge you, don't leave. We're not going to have an invitation. We're not going to ask you to walk to the front. But I am going to ask you to find somebody and ask them. And if they can't share with you from the Scripture how you can be saved, then they'll point you to somebody who can. But today could be the end of our life on earth. And we could be in the presence of our Lord God. And if you have not received Him as Savior and you're in His presence, it's to be condemned to hell and the lake of fire. But if you have trusted Christ, you're received into heaven to live with Him in glory. You need to follow Christ. I got an email this weekend. Go ahead. <laughs> Attention. The funeral of Jesus is canceled. He is risen. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Last Sunday afternoon or two weeks ago, I don't, we had a memorial service for Mary. Well, don't have to have a memorial service for Jesus. He is risen. 